You're listening to the Pop Tart Podcast. Girls down. You already know. Yes, Queen. You can see an outfit come onto the screen and you know that they put it on you just so they can take it off of you. I love cool by extension. I cried like a baby bitch. I have never in my life heard girl on girl crying. Oh, they have such sweet, sweet trash. We won't lose a single tasty drop. Ooh, a single tasty drop. The vision is so perpetuated in society. Hello. Hello. And welcome to Pop-Tarts. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We're both editors of Bust Magazine, usually in Brooklyn, New York, but now from home. We love talking to each other about pop culture. We love talking to you about pop culture. And today we have such a special guest. Comedian and actor Yvonne Orji is best known for her role as Molly on HBO's Insecure. And her film credits include Night School and the upcoming Vacation Friends. She co-hosts the acclaimed podcast Jesus and Jolliff with her pal Lovey Ajayi and her upcoming book Bamboozled by Jesus, How God Tricked Me into the Life of My Dreams, will hit shelves next year. Her very first hour-long HBO comedy special, Mama, I Made It, comes out June 6th. It is so funny and touching, and I loved it so much. Welcome, Yvonne. Hey, everybody. Hi. You're not the only one that gets like a, like a radio announcement. I'll do my own. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I, like I said, I loved your special. I'm so happy and excited for you. What is it like to be promoting this momentous moment in your career from home? My parents are desperate to get me married off. The first dude to show up at my house with a goat might be the right one. This is where you negotiate my bride price. About how much do you think it will start at today? I might just take one dollar. To feel like why one dollar? Am I a stripper? Yes, safe at home. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for watching it. It means a lot to me. Um, no, I I am excited. Like, you know when, when you're playing a party and you're just like, I know it's going to be good. I just... I want everybody else to see it. I want everybody else to come. You know, like, I, I'm going to have cupcakes. Who doesn't love cupcakes, you know? And <laughs> I, I feel like I'm at a point where I've lived with this special and for so long. Like, we started filming it in January. I've been editing it through quarantine. So I've watched, I watched it this morning. I was like, hey, they sent the final cut. Let's see what it looks like, you know? <laughs> like, And I know the jokes. I'm doing it, you know, saying it back to myself and, I'm I'm laughing and I'm like I think people will like it. Like I was in my bed, like I think I think that was good. Did you think that was good? That yeah, it's good. This quarantine had you talking to yourself early in the morning, like. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for people to see what I've been working on. Could you give our listeners a quick and dirty overview of your journey Ooh. to become the comedy? HBO superstar that you are today. How did you get into this box in everybody's homes? How did this happen? <laughs> I love journey. I'm going to start saying that now. How did I get here? It it took a lot of work and a lot of years, a lot of um, <laughs> tears. You know, it was just basically saying yes. Just 
when things were uncertain, I said yes. When I didn't know what was next, I said yes. When it's like that book, The Year of Yes. Uh, who's the Jean- Shonda Rhimes? Uh, yes, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, I would just say yes. Like God, I would be like, God, what are we doing? And I like I wouldn't get an answer. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you're not gonna talk to me? Okay, I guess I, I, okay, I'll do the last thing you told me to do. You know, and it was just like, hey, follow the last set of instructions you were giving until you get, get a new one. And that has been my journey. That's been literally the, the cliff notes of my journey is I just kept following the last set of instructions I got. <laughs> that was it. And you were, you know, you got your master's in public health. Like you were in an entirely different field. Yeah. How old were you when you decided like comedy? And then how long did it take you to have an hour long special on HBO? Um, I was 25 when I was like, deuces, I'm moving to New York. I had started comedy, I think when I was 23, 22, 23. Um, and then, you know, obviously it's it's 2020 that I'm getting my first special. So it's been a road, been a journey. Um, and I, I was doing a lot of things in between. I was hosting weddings. I was the ultimate hype woman at your wedding reception. Um, <laughs> anything with a mic. I have, I've hosted like a funeral. I've hosted baby showers. Just give me a mic and an event. I'll make it popping. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love the parts of your comedy special that you filmed with your parents and your other family members in Nigeria. It really made the family anecdotes that you tell in your act come alive. And I have to know what your family's reactions to the special have been so far. Have they seen it? Does their feedback impact your work at all? I mean, you called it mama. I made it. So like you must've had them in your head somewhere. Yeah. They have not seen the full special. Uh, they're, they live in Nigeria. Uh, they split their time between Nigeria and here. They were supposed to be here, uh, in time for the, uh, the premiere, but they got stuck with COVID like the rest of us. Um, mm-hmm. So they, I believe it will be aired in Nigeria. Not sure when. Um, so they'll see it then, but you know, my parents are very sensitive. Like they, they appreciate jokes. They don't like to be the uh, inspiration for the joke. I was just like, it's not necessarily you per se. It's it's every African mom. It's it's every African dad. They don't they're not buying that. <laughs> they were like, you said my mother. I'm like, do you know how jokes work? People take things, you know, that they observe in life and they apply it to themselves. And look at that, they make it personal. I'm just making you personal. I don't like you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, tell you, mama. Well, I think they're going to love it, honestly, even though they figure very prominently in your jokes. I really do think they're going to love it. If you were making fun of me and I was your mom, I would find it. I I would appreciate it because I feel like they come out really good. I will will send her this recording and be like, Mom, you should be honored. You should be honored that I am making fun of you. Okay, so... Something else that your special made me think of was my own Jewish family. My grandparents and their families came to America from Eastern Europe during World War II. They were very, very obviously immigrants. They had, there was no way to hide it. But their kids who were born here, like when they got to be a certain age, they 
basically got to decide whether they wanted to pass as white Christian Americans mm. or whether they wanted to be forthcoming about their heritage. And my branch, there are branches of my family that just split. Like I have Catholic relatives <laughs> and I have Jewish relatives wow. and they're all from the same part of the same family. Being very outwardly American as you are, did you ever feel like you had to make a choice about coming out as being in an immigrant family? What has that process been like for you? Like, our president is such a dick about immigrants. Like, do you ever feel like you have to decide? What's funny is, you know, when I was younger, I kind of saw it as like a like a superpower. I was like, you guys only have America? I have a whole other continent that I can go to, like anytime I want like it was just like it was this thing that was like made me cool but then like kids are also cruel and they were like what's this accent we're not friends you know yeah. it's just like so I got bullied for being Nigerian and there was this part of me that wanted to fit in but not not to lose my Nigerianness, just to just to be cool I just wanted to be cool not necessarily be cool by way of losing this thing and then after being in America for six years I was like 12 my dad made sure we started coming home back to uh, Nigeria every year for summer vacation. And so for me, it was just like, I, you, you, you guys went to where the YMCA for summer. Yeah, no, I went to Lagos. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think after being able to go home uh, more frequently, I, I like, there was a thing about being other that being Nigerian that was like, powerful and prideful I'm like and I actually was like I actually wanted to be accepted more because when I would go to Nigeria they would kind of look at us as like the ones who left and I just didn't like that I'm like wait wait, wait. I left but I'm still y'all and it was just like are you I'm like oh, I want to make sure that when I come back the people in Nigeria don't think that I'm too far gone so it was like this this balance of like I want to be Nigerian too and it's like but I'm still American but I want to be I'm gonna, you know so it was just, I was constantly like trying to like 50 50 rationing me out like I I can I can I'm not fully but I want to be able to hang and then it's like ooh, okay let me turn the accent off here but like but because I'm really I'm American too so I was just double dutching I was just double dutching in cultures but not that I ever wanted to lose either one because I used to tell my dad I used to tell my dad I was like we're I'm Nigerian American my dad was like you're what like, he's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I made sure to, like, have the, like, Nigerian-American in there. Like, and he was just like, well, I, no, you're Nigerian. I'm like, no, 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 yes, yes, technically. But, like, I'm Americanized. And he was like, I don't, what the, <laughs> like, he just did not get it. And, you know, for for uh, number 45 to call my beloved country crap hole countries and not in those words, I was like, uh, Google uh, number one immigrant group in, you know, smartest immigrant group in America says Nigerian, you know? So it's just like, I don't know what you talk about. Um, so yeah, I, I think enough of us are like, he got his twisted. I, you showed it a little bit in your special, but I wonder what you say, you go back to Nigeria all the time. Are you like a Royal family style superstar when you go there? Like do paparazzi follow you? Do you have like security issues in Nigeria? Well, we definitely had security when, you know, when we went just to, you know, be on the safe side, but I think I'm, I'm so it's home. So a lot of times I think people 
react. Like, I think people are so surprised by how comfortable I am just chilling that they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm I'm here for the summer. Ah! And it's just like, I live here. It's okay. Close your mouth. You know, so it's just, I think it freaks freaks people out because I'm like, I don't know what celebrities in Nigeria do, but like, I'm regular. Like, you know, even here uh, in the States, I'll just like be walking around. It's like, ah! I'm like, hey girl, hi. Just, we're you know, I gotta go to the grocery store too. I really, I gotta go to Ralph's. I know you probably think I shop at Irwan. Ralph's, you know, just Ralph's. <laughs> oh man, that sounds fun though to go somewhere where like it's like pop, 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 pop. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> I live for them. Um, so I'm going to shift over to Insecure for a second. It was just renewed for a fifth season, Mazel Tov. Thank I'm so excited. So many women I know love that show. I've often heard it described as like girls, but not annoying. <laughs> I, I hear that a lot. One reason I love it is because you and Issa both seem so cool and I don't know how to explain it, but I weirdly feel cool by extension when I watch you. I don't know if it's like the amazing soundtrack. I'm a good girl, but you're reaching, about to make me give you reason to be insecure. Oh, 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 oh. you gotta be so insecure. So yeah. When I did all I could do, would you be wanting more? Would you be wanting more and more and more and more and more and more and more? Can you explain the magical cool factor of the show? Why does it make me feel like I'm in the know about something secret and special when I tune in when like fucking everybody watches it? I love cool by extension. Like I think that was, I feel like that's what I wanted to be when I was eight years old. I wanted to just be cool by extension. <laughs> I'm going to use that now. I'm like, no, I wasn't bullied. I was just striving to be cool by extension. Um, <laughs> Like, I know that you guys would be my friend if you weren't inside the TV box. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, what's cool, what the reason why people feel like they are so accustomed to like who we are, like people like, I feel like I know you is because like, I think we present our characters present a mirror, you know, like a real life mirror of like, Hey guys, this is an experience that you probably didn't know. Like black people had, or that like most people have that we're just showing a real human experience and you're just like, oh my God, I relate to them on so many levels because I've been them or I know them or, you know, and it's just like, and it, uh, not that like race is taken out of it, but it's just kind of like you see the humanity in the stories. You see how more alike than we are different, especially in a time when the vision is so like perpetuated in society. And I think you 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 just you it's almost like escapism too you're just like i just want to have fun i want to go to where are they in la i want to get those tacos too i want to like i want to go to that place and listen to live music i want a concert on market street like it's also like aspiration of like yo i want to do what they do on insecure how do we do that (laughs) um yeah where is that ethiopian place oh it's on fairfax it is right on fairfax it's amazing get the fried fish (laughs) <laughs> it looks so good. 
If we ever can go to LA, well, I mean, we're. I know I've never, I've never been to LA as a oh, grown up. Yeah. I was there when I was three, and I had an earache. But someday. What? <laughs> I mean, I was about to say, what's stopping you? And I'm like, oh, the world, the shutdown is stopping. <laughs> yeah. But someday, um, season four of Insecure has also been very painful to watch in some ways because the arc of the whole season is your character Molly and her best friend Issa growing apart. Yeah, but you still got my man to do you a favor. And it all worked out, right? That's not the point, Issa. You deliberately went behind my back. I mean, I was very clear about how I felt, but I guess what, that didn't mean anything to you? Because, Molly, you were willing to let me fail? Over what? Some random rule you made up? It wasn't random. I was setting boundaries. Molly, you knew how much this event meant to me. You saw me at We Got Y'all, you saw me struggling, and you decided your new relationship was more important than doing me one little ass favor? Nigga, you stay me to one little ass favor. Why are you doing this at my event right now? At one point, you guys have a huge fight because Issa asks Molly to do a networking favor for her, and when Molly says no and draws a boundary, Issa just goes around Molly and asks someone else to ask Molly's boyfriend for help. Are you able to see this conflict as Yvonne and not as Molly? Are you able to to parse who is right or is everyone wrong? I think there there is enough wrong to go around. <laughs> you know, in in terms of it's so easy to see Molly's wrong. Cause someone said like it's really easy to see Molly's wrong because like the story is told from Isha's perspective, which I didn't even like think but it's like it's told like the show is from Issa's perspective so it really is easy to see like nah she's all she had to do was x y and z but then when you flip lenses and you're like look at all the times molly has been there look at all the times you know sure molly could have saved her blow up for for another moment but it's like really how often are we so good at being like in this moment I really want to say this, but I'm not going to, you know, like <laughs> human, you know, like we should all be so uh, healed from our trauma <laughs> to, to be able to do that. How many times are we like, ah, dang it. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I was just so angry. Ah! And like, you can be upset with when or how you did it, but not the why you did it, you know? And I think people are looking more at the like, the when and how she did it and not looking at like, hey, there was a real reason here. You know, I, I was saying, cause somebody asked me like, I just don't understand. And, and they were just like, you know, so they, you know, walked me through a scenario like, well, if you wanted me to get my husband to do you a favor and I said no, but then you went through my husband's brother who you went to school with to talk to my husband. I was like, and how would you feel? She was like, oh. <laughs> I mean, because it was just like it's 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 so easy when it's like I just don't understand, eh? but it's just like why couldn't why couldn't there have been anybody else at Live Nation that you could if you send if she sent a blind email and it worked out, hey, you, you were resourceful, great job, or you know she found another artist, kudos. But the one thing, the I don't ask for a lot. The one thing I told you not to do, mm-hmm. or not. not Molly told you not to do. <laughs> kind of make sure, like, you're like, Yvonne and Yvonne. The one thing Molly told you not to do, uh, you just couldn't resist doing. Because it was easy. And you know what? Sometimes when you take the easy way out, consequences, bro. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think about it. I I definitely relate to Issa's side more. I think, like you said, it's told from her perspective. Also, I'm a very bossy Aries, managing editor of Bust Magazine. I know that there's this long list of shit that has to get done, and how am I going to get it done? And if someone puts a boundary, I'm like, doot, 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 doot. <laughs> I'm also not. I'm also not great with establishing boundaries for myself. I was up too late last night on this couch working on Bust Magazine when everybody else was asleep. So I I think that people who um, have poor boundaries with themselves, like the very next episode after the blow up, you see Issa like having no boundaries and like doing like out of pocket crazy favors for strangers the whole episode. <laughs> Obviously, she doesn't have good boundaries with herself. And so therefore, she doesn't have them with other people. So I could see how I could see her perspective. But when you were like, boundaries i was like oh, oh yeah oh, that, that's what she oh that's what molly wanted crazy okay i know <laughs> oh she said what you need she needed and you ignored her oh i can see how that's a problem yeah i, I normally like do. even if you don't understand why molly needed it if she needed it she needed it and that should be enough it should it in should. friendship the girl on girl crime is so hard to watch, but it's so true and real. It makes it important. I have never in my life heard girl on girl crime. And <laughs> never in my life. <laughs> it's a it's a deep show. I really I feel myself immersed in it, honestly. I would like to know You've said in various interviews in the past that because of your devout Christian faith that you're staying abstinent until marriage. I wonder if it's still the case, and I wonder if playing a sex symbol on HBO for four whole seasons has changed your perspective on sex at all. Uh, yes, still still waiting till I get married. Uh, so, hey, husband, wherever you are, <laughs> take your time and hurry up. Um, <laughs> and sex symbol, it's so funny because I don't even, I, I, don't, I don't know that I look at myself or my character as a sex symbol. Um, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess technically sure um has it changed my perspective on sex that like sex is good like i don't need to have sex and know sex is great i can't wait for it um <laughs> can't wait to what you said every last uh, uh beautiful drop yes i want i would love to get <laughs> beautiful drop uh so i don't think uh my my idea of sex being something amazing that I look forward to has has changed at all. I think it's 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 uh, been more cemented, if you will. Like it looks great. Looks great. Can't wait. <laughs> well yeah, I think that's part of the question. Like you make it look really great. Like they obviously whether or not you see yourself as a sex symbol, obviously the producers of the show do because some of the things like they dress you in certain things like you can see an outfit come onto the screen and you know that they put it on you just so they could take it off of you. <laughs> and that that's like, you know, like a selling point of the show and you know that they're doing that. And so it's, it must be so interesting to be, you know, like commodified in that way without actually being a part of the culture that you're being used to portray Ooh. yeah it's, it's, it's interesting like i think i'm tapping into my sexy more like playing molly because like you can you can still be a virgin and be sexy like i i have a whole ted talk called the way to sexy 
Because it's just like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, bodies. What are these things we all have? It's like, no, like I'm, I'm like, and I can appreciate the human, the, the human body and the fine specimen of men that are around, especially on our set, um, without indulging, yeah. still being able to be like, I look sexy. No, I, if, listen, different time, different place. I might, uh, I might want to indulge as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like Molly taps into my sexy a little bit. Um, and then, I, and then of course I got to like hang it up because I'm like, you can't do, once you've tapped into your sexy, there's, there's only but so many things you can do to, to release that. And I'm like, let me not tap into it too much. Uh, let me, let me, let me look around it, skate on it and be like, ah, oh, okay, I gotta, I gotta hang up the sexy because, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I would like to know, Yvonne Orgy, are you a feminist? Are we all? Shouldn't we all be? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Not everyone says that they are, but I would I would love it if you were because I am and so is Callie. I mean, I feel like, I mean, so many people may have differing, uh, what do you call it, definitions of what it is. But I think if you're a person that cares about women's rights if you're a person that cares about uh, like equal pay and uplifting women um to give them opportunities that they may not otherwise have then like yeah i'm like that just sounds like a good human being (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily like a feminist that just sounds like the right thing to do um and so but if you have to like be so specific about it in terms of just like because without sometimes without labels people get left behind. Sometimes without like attention to a specific group or specific area, it can easily fall by the wayside. So yes, I recognize why it's important to have the label, but I feel like it should be our duty to to all be like, how can, how can we all be better as a society? And if I can pull somebody else up that deserves to be pulled up, can we not, regardless of race or gender or sex or creed or whatever? I love this answer. This is one of the best answers yet, I think. We ask it to everybody, but this was a good one. (laughs) Yeah, you came through. Thanks for that. I would like to know if your journey in comedy and in television has affected your feminism at all. Has it given you a new perspective on feminism or vice versa? Has your feminism impacted your career at all? You know, it's funny, you know, even just thinking more about feminism, feminism, feministism, feminism, just feminism. I don't know, I was trying to combine two words and say <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Just think about, like, I, I, I was raised in a very, you know, male-dominated household, but also a very uh, patriarchal society, right? Like, Nigerian uh, society favors male, um, like, upward mobility for certain. And I grew up with three older brothers and I could have sworn I was the fourth son. I, I, if it was playing super soaker outside with my brothers or cooking in the kitchen with my mom, I'm like, how do I get out of this? I don't, I don't want to cook in the kitchen. Like, I was just like, why don't, don't the boys have to eat? So then why can't they be in the kitchen? Like it was, I like my mind just couldn't wrap. Like why, why my task with the responsibility for learning to feed these fools? Why can't we all be fools and be in the kitchen? I don't understand. Like, it was just, it was just like, I just hated delineations of like, like sex and gender roles. I was like, uh, cause like my dad's a great cook. And I'm like, uh, 
he didn't learn to cook by not being in the kitchen. So hello. Um, and so I, I, I always fight against that. Like a, as a Nigerian, you're supposed to be married by like 27 at the latest. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, you know, I also want to be married and happy. Cause what I saw was like a lot of the people who just got married for the wedding and then got stuck with like three kids. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't want to know this. <laughs> I, I don't want to know this at all. And I'm, that's not everybody, but that was like a lot of what I was seeing. And I was just like, so what are we doing this for? And I just was, I, I just, I, you know, even with faith, I was just like, yo, I guess I'm just going to have to be that Nigerian that reaches her dream and then gets married afterwards. Shocker. <laughs> it's just like, all right. And I think, and I think what's so scary is that like, you never know when, when are you going to meet somebody? You're like in your mid thirties. And then when you're going to have babies because you know, birth defects and you're just like, Oh uh, God. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm like the same way I didn't know I was going to make it. I don't have all the answers sway, but I am just going to keep going and living and dreaming and believing that God knows. <laughs> like, and do you, ha- I, I really admire um, how easy and relaxed and also steadfast you are in your faith. Do you find your feminism or your career goals ever at odds with your faith or is it some, is it a happy co-mingling of the two? It's definitely a co-mingling. You know, I think my faith dict- dictates what I do and don't do. Um, and at the same time, my career allows me to explore different characters and different places and people and things that I may or may not would normally not have the option to do and be and see and live in. So I think it's, I, 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 there's a symbiotic relationship, you know, like I, I, it's like, it's like this to this. I'm always like, Hey guy, what should I do? Yes? No, maybe you good. Be good. I'm going to do it. If I shouldn't, (laughs) you'll stop. Great. And it's always like, it's the checks and balances because it's not like, he's not here to be like, Hey, you thought you was gonna do this? Not anymore. Ah, you know, like that's that was like, what are we doing? Why would you do? This? You know what I mean? I feel like he's just like, yeah, I'm. I was just looking for someone who would go in and not be weird, <laughs> like go in the industry and not be weird and like high key, like make me look cool because I've been cool. You know what I mean? Like I feel like so many people when you like you meet Christians, you're like, I don't really know nothing about Jesus because they are. And it's just like, you're giving him a bad rap. Stop telling people you know him. Stop. <laughs> like, there's so many bad PR managers, like PR representatives for the kingdom. And I'm like, Ugh. like, girl, I love Jesus too, but you making him look real scary. Mm, don't do that. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about feminism. That feminism has a PR problem. And it's like, we just need to go out there into these streets and straighten it out. <laughs> into these streets hey guys i'm a feminist and we're super cool and we can be gangstar but we're cool mostly (laughs) yeah basically like feminist does like this is our block son (laughs) well i would like to know yvonne what are your hopes and your dreams and your goals and your plans for the rest of 2020 including what is the first thing you want to do when lockdown is over you know, it's funny because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, are we going to get out in 2020? Like, I just, like, there's a part of me 
that's like, sure, open up outside again. And then the part of me is like, actually, is it safer for us to be in our house? Because I'd rather stay in. Like, because it's right. almost like we don't know what's outside. And not like for fear, but I'm just like, I at least know what's inside. <laughs> um, so my hopes and dreams are to stay safe and healthy uh, and not catch the Rona. Um, but it's also kind of like, I, I I was I was telling somebody today that I, I, I don't it's, we're not getting back to normal because like we don't know what normal is anymore right it's, a, yeah. it's for sure normal um, but I'm just like I'm just ready I'm just ready to get back to you know whatever that is you know it's like it's like uh, you know like remember just going to the grocery store to pick up one thing. Now I'm like, if I'm going to the grocery store, it's a list because <laughs> my life for one gallon of milk. Nah, what else do we need in the house? Give me everything because <laughs> the next time we're going is the, six weeks from now. Like, you know, so it's like I've never spent as much at the grocery store in one outing as I have mm-hmm. in Corona. I got to eat. Um, so I think ugh, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, gathering with people again um just but like clean people <laughs> <laughs> you know like people people who are like serious about because what's really interesting is this whole disease is spread by like un like sanitary conditions you didn't wash your hand or like you don't know how to sneeze or like you like it's literally spread through germs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's just, it's amazing how people can know there's a whole entire pandemic around something super simple and still be like, yeah, now I don't need to wash my hands. It's like, you just want to be dirty. You just. <laughs> oh, man. Who are you? What is your quarantine situation? Are you by yourself? Do you have pets? Do you have a pod? Um, I, I do not have a pet. I didn't a pod like 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 my like. Some people are are quarantining with a select group of friends and staying in a pod. <laughs> and I like and like you know like when you go like um, floating, they put you in a pod. I was like, that would be really like. You really wanted to quarantine if you're a quarantine inside a quarantine. Like <laughs> that's Naomi Campbell. That Naomi is Campbell Naomi Campbell that. for sure. She's quarantining inside a, a a flow pod. Oh no, but she has a whole. No, but she float. travels and she wears a full hazmat suit with a visor and a face mask, and then PPE over that. Maybe she knew. COVID was coming before any of us. She never fucked around, dude. <laughs> she was like, I, this is the look. It's possible. Um, so no, so it's me and my roommate. Um, and you know, for the special, which is coming up, and I I don't think I'll be able to have a premiere. We were like, all right, so if everybody gets tested by everybody, you mean like five of our closest friends <laughs> gets tested and it's negative maybe we can like have food and invite like the core group of people over. Um, so that's what we may do. But then I'm like, then who won't clean up? Uh, I don't want to. Uh, 
So these are these are the, like these are the trade offs you have to make in quarantine. It's like like who gonna wash these dishes? Uh, we have a dishwasher, but we gotta prep it. And I'm like, I've never done more dishes in my goddamn life. You sound so happy about that. That's ridiculous. And I don't know how people with children deal with this shit. Man, I, do any of you have kids? No, I just have a husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's that's sometimes more. Well, he's sometimes good at more. cleaning, but like I couldn't imagine adding another person's mouth of dishes into that sink every day. It's too damn much. No. Or, or just somebody who like you have to constantly entertain. I, oh, God bless. God bless these parents that are teaching their children. Man, I, you know, there are some things where you're like, God, you you know my capacity for grace. You know that is not my testimony. And I appreciate Goddamn new math. Don't even come over here and ask me to try and teach a child new math. It's new. It's new math. I just feel like I would just I would just go to the last thing I remembered. <laughs> just like, this, is all, this is all you get. I would just be like, write down and it'll change tomorrow. New math. Bruh, is, is Ask Jeeves still a possibility? Like, <laughs> ask Jeeves. That's some, some Netscape experience. We all just showed our age. I, I Yeah, I, I definitely went to the vault for that one. I'm like, who is serious? The only, the only virtual assistant I know is Jeeves. Okay, he was a butler. He was so many things. He had a tuxedo. He was amazing. And he showed he had a tray. me on MapQuest. I'm like, I feel like we're we're just going back to like the early nineties, the two thousands. Like it's just gonna be Ask G's and MapQuest. Well, ain't nobody can go anywhere, oh, so we man. don't need MapQuest. Right. <laughs> True. Um, I would like to know from you something that I ask all of our guests, and that is what you're watching. And when I say what you're watching, it is a broad question. I'm talking about movies, TV books, music, music videos, podcasts, if it is pop cultural and you are consuming it, we want to know because it is probably very cool. Yvonne Orji, what you watching? What am I watching? Uh, I just finished Broad Church um, on Netflix. I love a good murder mystery. And then I like the Brits, like a British accent and a murder mystery. I was like, sounds good. I finished Ozark like everybody else. I started Dave. Oh, that was better than I thought it would be. It was good. It was fun. Um, Rami on Hulu. Oh, what is this uh, animated show on Netflix that's all about uh, teenagers and Big they got Mouth? Hormone monsters. Big Mouth. Big Mouth. I'm like, ah, I don't know why it escaped me. I'm on like season two. I'm going to take God. a bubble bath. <laughs> Maya Rudolph is amazing. She's so good. Oh, can I get a hormone monster? Like, I want a hormone monster. She's so bad. She's great. So I'm like, I'm like, I run the gamut, and then every once in a while, like, whatever on HGTV, because I'm just like, who doesn't want to renovate a house? What <laughs> one show that I actually really love is A Crime to Remember. And I just, I'm like, I don't know if it got canceled, but I'm like, I've, I've watched it so much. I'm like, ah. I, it's on Investigation Discovery. And here's what... Oh, they have such sweet, sweet trash. I love Investigation Discovery. It's like, this girl didn't know how she felt about her husband anymore. And then she's just like in a teddy crawling across the bed for no reason. 
you watch? Because I'm watching all the ones like reenactments of murders. I'm like, so they killed them. Yeah, no, this is they do like a scorned love kill. Oh, yeah, it's just an excuse that. to, yeah, to be oh so trashy in in like between their love. They thought their love would last forever, and someone being dead. There's so much partial nudity. Remember Silk Stockings on USA? Yes. Up all Yo, night. I was just looking up USA Up All Night the other day because there was some movie I thought Roseanne, uh, Rosie O'Donnell was in that was scandalous, but I can't figure it out. My memory is blurry. At I thought it was called uh, She Devil, but I don't think that. That's Roseanne Barr. Yeah, I don't think that's the one I'm actually thinking of. I have to investigate further. But I got in a Up All Night hole the other day. And now I just want to go through the whole Wikipedia and watch all of them. Listen, Silk Stockings was like before Law and Order SVU. It was kind of like tantalizing and salacious. And you're just like, is this softcore ownership? I'd be watching. I remember the beginning. Yes. And it was like. It was just on the line. And then you you know like it's gonna be sad because like somebody's gonna die like I feel like sex send me to the ER is like a derivative of silk stockings. Sex send me to the ER. <laughs> totally. Did you watch Law and Order SVU this season? Not this season. I can't remember the last time I watched it. This season is the best season okay. they've had in like a decade. Warren Light came back and it's amazing. I'm sorry. It's, sorry to talk about it's like eight, season 855. <laughs> best season? It's so good. What makes it so good? Like what makes it better than season 23? A lot of things are are better to me. Most of all is that it is very pointedly feminist mm-hmm. this season in ways that it has not been in the past. And I interviewed Mariska Hargitay about it. And she totally confirmed that like, she is the executive producer now and she has desires, wants and needs when it comes to mm-hmm. what the show covers. And she's getting her wishes granted, bam, bam, bam. And she's totally the boss bitch over there. <laughs> and they, she is delivering to the feminists what the feminists want. Listen, I love I love that she's just like, it only took me almost 30 years, 30 seasons, but I got it, guys. I'm, I'm like, here now. It's amazing and it's also sad at the same time. Truth. Yeah. No, it's so good. I recommend it if you're looking for something. If you haven't, you don't need to, like, catch up on previous seasons or ever. Just jump right into season 22. Mwah, chef kiss. <laughs> oh, noted. So I, I, I'm still putting the finishing touches on my book. As soon as I turn in the manuscript, I am luxuriating in nothing but whatever I want to do. That's it. I, I like yes to not have a deadline is going to be the sexiest thing in the world to me. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I can just wake up without a, a plan, a goal, an agenda. Tell me more about this life people live. Oh man, I hate writing, but I love having written, <laughs> yeah. and that's what keeps me yeah. coming back. No, that is, that is a word and a t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. I like. I hate the process of X, Y, and Z. I love the finished product. It's like I hate exercise, but I love a six pack. Mm-hmm. Yvonne Orgy, thank you so much for being our guest. You are so delightful. I'm so happy that we got a chance to talk to you. Congratulations on your Congratulations. show. This is a big deal. Thank you, ladies. This was so much fun. I I am going to continue my journey. <laughs> Yay! Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. All right. Bye. Bye.
Callie Yvonne Orji just left. She was a delight. I love her so much. She is great. And now it is time for us to take a little break. And when we return, I'm going to ask you, and hopefully, Callie, you will ask me what you watching. <laughs> Hey, podcast fans. Did you know that the best place to listen to your favorite shows ad-free is Stitcher Premium? They've got Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine The Lost Trail, Bitch Sesh, The Fantasy Footballers, Science Rules with Bill Nye, and more, all without commercial interruptions. And we can hook you up with a sweet deal. To get one month free, go to stitcher.com premium and use promo code POPTARTS. That's stitcher.com slash premium promo code pop tarts. Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Wolfie Vibes Publicity. If you're working on a new project and find yourself in need of a kick-ass publicist who communicates well and works tirelessly to get you the coverage you're after, consider going to Wolfie Vibes Publicity. Wolfie Vibes Publicity is a female-owned and operated boutique PR firm that will get you where you need to be. And you'll even have fun in the process. Get in touch via wolfievibespublicity.com for details and quotes. And tell them that Pop-Tart sent you. Essentially, I started it because every female comedian I know was amazing and hardworking and hilarious. And I knew would make great podcasts. And every male comedian I know already had a podcast and was doing their own thing. Hi, I'm Kate Moldenhauer, the founder of More Banana Podcasts, a comedy podcast network entirely produced, hosted, and led by women. We have shows about politics. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. When the Supreme Court puts stuff on their calendar, they use the word docket. So their Google Calendar is a docket. Is a docket. So technically, I have a docket. You have a docket. We all have docket. We all have a docket. Sex? Welcome to my vagina. I'm Jesse Karen. This is Rebecca Frank. What were ancient Greek dildos made of, Jesse? They were made of padded leather and, yep, anointed with olive oil. Yep. <laughs> scams. I'm Caitlin Bradley Smith. <laughs> and, and we, we love, love scams. scams. She tells them she's a German Russian heiress and she seems like she has a lot of money and people buy it. That's yeah. basically what's happening. So as soon as she got a loan, she would cash it as much as she could out before anybody caught on. Which amazing. Was so smart. I mean, so smart. Like, I mean, it's terrible, but like to take that money out immediately. Because women are actually pretty versatile and funny. More Banana is a network of women's voices, unfiltered and uninterrupted. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts and learn about our growing roster of shows at morebanana.com. We're back. Callie Watts, I gotta know. I need to know what you watch. Well, do you remember that show Happy uh, on Netflix with the dude from SVU and the cartoon, cartoon unicorn? Yes, I do. Well, that season two is a hilarious bloody mess. There's so much blood. There's oh, wow. so much blood spray. In uh, episode one, there is like a river of blood and then there's like a fight in the blood and there's so much blood they keep slipping and the comet uh, it's like a comedy ballet blood dance of hilarity. A comedy ballet blood dance of hilarity, yes. you say. 
Wow. So anyway, that that has given me a lot of blood life. <laughs> I'm living off of that. What else? Um, have you seen We're Here yet on HBO? No, but it looks very drag queen delicious. It's Bob the drag queen, Eureka, and Shangela. And it they it's sort of like Queer Eye. They go to different towns and then they like dra- do a drag show with people that live there. And episode two, I cried like a baby bitch because there's a grandfather that is so pure. He is too pure for this world. He is like Aww. so old and his um, son like lives with him and supports him. And so he goes out to all his drags, his son's like drag shows and he like judges his costumes. And when he comes out, he's like, no. He's like the the last critique before he goes to his show. It is Aww. precious. And then I finally watched Dead to Me, which everybody has been telling us to watch at work. It is really good. Uh, the Judy character dresses like Debbie, but has the mannerisms of Lisa. Debbie, the editor-in-chief, and Lisa, the our West Coast editor. So that's comforting. And Aww. I will tell you, Katie Seagal, is that a... Right from Married with Children. You won't recognize her face. Really? It took me a minute. She's had some work, 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 work. Sometimes people get some work, 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 work. work, work. I feel like it's been a gradual process because she was on that other show, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy, Which maybe I'll spend some quarantine time going back on. And so I think she, she was getting the work, 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 and I didn't really finish that. So her work finished probably when that finished. And Kimmy okay. Schmidt Interactive. Did you see this? No. Do you have to watch it on your computer? Can you, you do have it to watch it remote? on your computer. Well, it depends on your TV. If you have a new smart TV, you could do it on that. Mm. But the be- hands down best joke of the whole thing was when Titus tries on these glasses and then he goes, these might as well be a clown in the sewer because these are it. <laughs> And it needed more Titus. It needed more songs. That's how I feel about that. What have you been watching, Boop? I'm so glad you asked. I have been... Well, first of all, I want to say that I was very shocked to hear that indie filmmaker Lynn Mm. Shelton died last week. She was so great. She made very quirky, very emotional, very personal films. I reviewed Sword of Trust for Bust. That was her most recent movie. Um, your sister's sister hump day um she made such great weird little films and in the last year she was in a relationship with podcaster mark marin and so just a couple of days after she died she died very suddenly from an undiagnosed blood disorder and then mark marin released a tribute episode of his show his podcast wtf in her honor And the grief that he showed to his audience that he poured into the microphone was so raw. I literally just sobbed right along with him listening to it. It's rare that you hear something that candid, especially in podcast land where everyone's like, hey, everybody. Like he really laid his soul bare. I don't know if I can handle that. And it was it was really intense. Um, If you appreciated Lynn Shelton's work it's definitely worth a listen he brought it out from behind a paywall it was the first 
time that he ever met Lynn Shelton was when he interviewed her for WTF and he played that interview from 2015. And she just was like so full of creativity and ideas and hopes and dreams. And it's really something to listen to. So I'm still processing that experience. I also wanted to say that you've heard me mention this before. I have finally reached the end of my Harry Potter journey. Oh my After God. a year, I have finally finished all of the Harry Potter books. I have finally finished all of the movies. I have to now move on to adult literature. It has definitely been a long and winding magical road. And I'm sad that it's over, frankly. Dude, I'm on the last season of Desperate Housewives. I feel you. I know it's like some things you just don't want to end however uh it was trash it should be over but i'm still hanging on (laughs) you're still hanging on um the one thing that i want to say about harry potter however is that um the goblin bankers in the final film are horrific jewish caricatures and i felt personally attacked bankers i have not seen this obviously they have these goblin bankers with these hooked noses that were crazy Mm -hmm. jewish caricatures and they were like leaned over their little ledgers scratching away and like the whole their whole point in being in the movie was that like they were basically their allegiance was like up for grabs based on like who could like pay them the most oh and so like so harry potter and his little friends put their trust in this goblin who got them like halfway where where he they needed to be and then he was like see you suckers and i was like come on um so yeah i felt personally attacked also luscious logan pointed out that um because he was watching the final two films with me that the magic practice in the wizarding world is totally euro eurocentric it excludes all the other magic from the rest of the world and you know like it's just that white people magic even though there are a few people of color scattered throughout hogwarts not shocked Um, about this you know i have not followed it's a lot of there's a lot of kinds of magic in the world not just white wizardy magic so i i hear those things i feel like i guess it's time for me to step away but there was also a lot of things that i loved about that series i felt it was a escapist wonderland and i'm sad to see it go although it had some problems and Finally, I saw Parasite on Hulu. I really loved it. There's definitely a reason why it swept the Oscars. And it also made me very glad that I was able to order late night ramen afterwards. (laughs) Delicious looking ramen in that movie. If you don't know, it's about members of a poor Korean family who scheme to become employed by a wealthy family by infiltrating their household by posing as like, totally unrelated highly qualified professionals in all these different fields so like every time the family the rich family needs something they're like oh i know an art therapist i know a high a high-end chauffeur you know like they just like got the whole family um hired the whole this this poor family got every member of the family hired by this rich family and uh things got wild it's (laughs) definitely about class warfare which i feel is an especially it is an especially explosive topic given the state of the world right now where like 
poor people are like out doing rich people's bidding in these streets every day while rich people stay home safe. Yep. I I feel like it is unusually prescient and is also a very amazing film. And the last thing that I've been watching is the Majestic Pop-Tarts Patreon page. Yeah, queen. It's out in the world and it's so great. And we need everyone's help to keep Bust alive. Bust is a great feminist institution. It is in peril because of our troubled times. And one way that we are trying to keep Bust as an entity alive is through our Pop-Tarts Patreon page. Um, if you go to our website, which is patreon.com slash Podcast, you will find that Callie and I, with help from Team Bust, have provided all kinds of great goodies as incentives for you to subscribe to us with money. Uh, we have been typing up show notes exclusively for Patreon donors that include links to what everyone has been watching for all 80 episodes. We've got totally ad-free episodes available. There's exclusive content on there, including an amazing episode we just taped with Big Frida. And um, there's more donor levels with more treats like prize packs and Zoom chats with Callie and I and all kinds of great stuff. We hope you will consider helping us out however you can. We appreciate you. Take a look at patreon.com slash Podcast. I promise you won't be disappointed. And with that, I would like to say thank you to our luscious producer and sound engineer, Logan Del Fuego. We caliente, Logan. And our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems and on Instagram at Rems Emily because somebody took Emily Rems and you can email us both. I'm at Emily Rams at bus.com. I'm at Callie W at bus.com. And you can learn more about the show at bust.com slash pop tarts. And finally, if you have a moment, please rate and review this podcast on Apple podcast. It really helps us get the word out and we super duper appreciate it until next time. Mwah. Can you explain the magical cool factor of the show? Why does it make me feel like I'm, in the know about something secret and special when I tune in. I'm gonna take a bubble bath.